The Mahe Mysteries is brought to you in association with Seychelles Tourism from the land of tradition, mystery and endless surprise. For more information, visit www.seychelles.travel. Mahe Mysteries, investigated by Patrick Muirhead, inspired by real events on a remote tropical island, but all characters and action depicted are imaginary. All that remains. Episode 1. It's not every day, nor even every year, that a human skull turns up on the doorstep in a place like this. This is Mahe, the largest of the Seychelles Islands, frankly tiny specks of heaven on earth that are scattered across the western Indian Ocean. It's an unspoilt tropical paradise, true enough, the stuff of dreams and holiday brochures, and has been my home for years. I'm a journalist or at least I was until last Friday week. Uh, then I was terminated, as the expression goes, by my employer, Seychelles Television. I'm not quite sure who was happier about that decision, me or them. I admit that on occasion I can be a little too robust in my opinions, my language a little too expressive, and my patience a little too thin for a TV news outfit in a deliciously sleepy place like this. You can take the journalist out of London, but you can't take London out of the journalist, unfortunately. And so I am now an unemployed journalist, quietly minding my business in this breathtakingly beautiful faraway land, a thousand miles from anywhere, as the country's marketing literature boasts. There are no plans to go home to England and freeze to death on the dole queue, although there's an admittedly longish list of those here who might quietly rejoice if I did. And besides, unlike most expats who stay for a while but swiftly tire of Mahe's exotic coconut-fringed beaches with their talcum-soft sand, the inviting turquoise ocean, the year-round summer climate, and with it, the day-to-day -day battle to get anything done at pace, I am committed. There is baggage, you see. Baggage of the kindly, understanding, occasionally infuriating variety. A younger local companion. Let's call him that and leave it there, or else I might find myself in trouble. Seshawar prefer to keep their personal affairs private, and my man Friday, if you will, is no different. But just like me, his ears pricked up that morning when the news broke. A human skull had been discovered. Just a skull, and a rather grubby old one at that. The whereabouts of the rest of its late owner were not then known, and possibly never would be. 
The skull had turned up on the steps of a church, they'd said on the English radio news. And that would doubtless have provided a ghastly surprise for early worshippers or the housekeeper who arrives each morning with her valier zig to sweep the aisles of Notre Dame du Perpetuel Secor, the Catholic church at Pointe-au-Cel. It was spotted soon after sunrise, literally on the doorstep, with a note. Officially, we didn't then know what the handwritten word said, but details of its supposed contents were already swirling like the wind with the assistance of what they call here Radio Bonfou, a frequently unreliable but unfailingly rapid form of communication. Seychellois can resist many temptations, but not gossip. So, and I must stress these details were unverified, word was the note contained assorted, unfounded, yet familiar claims about corruption in upper establishment circles. Sitting on our veranda not long after draining the last sip of my second cup of breakfast coffee, we like to start the day energised by high-octane Colombian rocket fuel and contemplating an unappealingly vacant day ahead, I took a call on my mobile from Claudette, one of the more comforting and capable hands in the TV newsroom. Have you heard the news? she asked. I have, I said. And what are you going to tell me? That the boss wants me back for some fearless foot-in-the-door newsman action? I was just getting used to a life of indolence. No, Patrick, she said. I doubt that very much. We can all look busy while Facebooking without fear will be interrupted by one of your explosions. No offence. None taken, I said. She went on. But I thought you might like to know the police have called a press conference for later this morning. You could still come if you wanted. I honestly do not want, I lied, touched by her proposal nonetheless. But thanks for the thought... Of course, if you hear any juicy details, please text me. It sounds considerably more engrossing than covering one of those interminable workshops on women in educational leadership or the blue economy. As I say, you can be sacked, and I've been booted out of some of the best newsrooms in the business. But you never truly stop being a journalist, whether gamefully employed or not. The inquiring mind curiosity. Some might call it nosiness. It's in the journalist's DNA, an inescapable feature. So it was little surprise to me that my thoughts kept returning to what should logically form the lead story of the day on that evening's newscast, though I had an uneasy feeling it might not, and how it would in all likelihood end up a toe-curling televisual travesty a tasty tale tossed away in a morass of missed angles and muddled storytelling. See, I warned you that I could be a handful. I was ruminating, admittedly a little roofily, on missing the chance to thrust a microphone in front of the local constabulary when Linus, our larger island dog, started barking with his reassuringly deterrent ferocity. 
From my chair, I spied Dana Jolicoeur approaching cautiously through the coconut trees. The middle-aged major domo of this once bountiful plantation estate, a local fellow and the landlady's right-hand man, was as dapper as ever in a neatly pressed Oxford blue linen shirt, sleeves rolled up to the elbows, to reveal his Royal Marines tattoos. Empire Builder shorts and knee-high socks, an incongruous look he had completed with an unmistakably expensive pair of handmade English brogues. Bonjour, Monsieur Patrick. Comment ça va? he said, eyeing Linus uncertainly. Mon bien, merci, Bernard. Bonjour. Uh, relax, the mat is all mouth and no trousers. I am most glad to hear that, he said, climbing the steps. But I concur, it is wise, is it not, to have security in these most uncertain times. Is this a social call, I asked, gesturing him towards a steamer chair. Can I offer you anything? We've recently sourced some twinings, or perhaps something stronger. He bowed his head and smiled. You are most kind, Imsier Patrick. It would be my greatest pleasure to take English tea with you, but on another occasion. You must certainly make, how do you British say, a very good cuppa. But I have little time. Madame has asked me to deliver this. He handed me a small envelope. Does she want an instant reply? I asked, sliding it open with a shamefully nicotine-stained index finger. She does. Alice, he corrected himself. Madame wishes to know if you would kindly join her for drinks this evening. If you are free, that is. I know you are a busy man, most industrious and colourful in your endeavours always. The invitation was handwritten in a rather old-fashioned but charming script. Please tell Marie Alice that I, we, should be delighted to come. Shall we say at 6.30? That's usually when the Johnny Walker starts flowing at the Grand Cas. I will inform her. She will be quite delighted, I'm sure, he said, seeming no less tickled himself that his mission was successfully accomplished and turned to leave. Dinner jackets tonight, I called after him. But of course, he laughed as he stepped gingerly around Linus and headed back into the plantation. Or one of your old T-shirts and shorts, as it's you, Monsieur Patrick. She will not care. But bring your checkbook, Mondalon. The rent is two months overdue. The discovery of the skull was, to my amazed delight, the top story on the lunchtime news in Creole the main language of the islands of which I had only the most inexpert grasp, but with which I seldom ventured to embarrass myself. However, before the first evening TV news bulletin at six, Claudette had texted to say a second and then a third skull had apparently materialised, deepening my growing sense of frustration as Sébastien and I dressed for our evening engagement. With tropical night quickly and darkly fallen, we locked the cottage and picked our way slowly by torchlight through the dense leaf fall 
on the rarely trodden path through the cinnamon and budami trees between our modest beachfront abode and the much more stately grand cars of the Comtesse Marialise de Chalice. She was waiting for us on her colonnaded veranda, a diaphanous amethyst number falling from almost luminous octogenarian shoulders. Her ghostly face, lightly powdered and scented, her eyes shrewish and alert. She was surrounded by a pack of yapping and equally venerable dogs of assorted parentage. You are fashionably late, she said as we ascended the steps to exchange air kisses. Well, naturally, it would never do to be on time, I said, as she ushered us towards rather tatty rattan chairs beneath a lazily revolving ceiling fan. The heat, I can't bear it, said the Comtesse, settling herself among plump cushions. I thought we'd sit out here where it's cooler, lest we are inflamed by my late husband's riotous interior decorating errors. He was completely colorblind, you know. But you remain as fresh and fragrant as a debutante at her coming out ball, Marie-Alise, I said. No one would ever guess. Oh, you flatter me, Patrick, but thank you. I'm just an old, tiresome, but very resilient Seychelloiseres, the last of the few holding out against the hordes. She clapped her hands, and her uniformed housemaid, Marise, emerged breathlessly from the darkness indoors, tidying her hair beneath a white cotton bonnet. Madame? Tell Bernard to bring the whiskey for my friends, she turned to me. If that's to your liking, Patrick, I know you are partial. Perfect for me, I replied, glancing at Sebastian, who was removing dog hairs in silent disgust from his chair. But Seb is not a whisky man. He waved a hand, nonchalant that he, a Sechawa of colour, had not been personally asked. I'll have whatever, he said. White wine, dry if you have it, or juice. Marie's wine for Mr. Sebastian, and be quick, tell Bernard. She fixed me with a penetrating gaze. But first to business. You have something for me? I handed over the rent. Don't spend it all at once, I quipped. In fact, don't spend it at all if you can possibly help it. I've been ejected by my employers. Oh, I'm so very sorry to hear that, Patrick, she said, tucking the cheque into the cushions. What a blow that must be, and on a day like today, two all days, you must be missing the fray. But I was most perturbed by what we've learned. And now, tonight, we understand there are more skulls. The island is turning into a boneyard. I nodded. The second was left at the shrine of Saint Francis d'Assise at Belazar, and the third, in a rather puzzling departure from the donor's modus operandi, was apparently discovered at a bus stop somewhere up at La Misere. People posting online are saying it's a warning to the government that some sort of reckoning is coming. All ghosts, Sebastien interjected, peering at both of us with a most earnest expression. There are some things we should not go near, 
he said. The Mahe Mysteries was created by Patrick Muirhead and Lindsay Farabo. It was written, narrated, and produced by Patrick Muirhead. Music was by Isham Rath. It was an operculum media production recorded on location in Mahe Island, Seychelles. The Mahe Mysteries is brought to you in association with Seychelles Tourism from the land of tradition, mystery and endless surprise. For more information, visit www.seychelles.travel. I'm Eliza and I need you to listen to me. Have you ever felt so much that you don't know where to put it all and you wonder if anyone would notice if you screamed? Because you want to. Scream for the ones they've hurt. The ones they've taken. Scream for yourself. These are my words. My story from my perspective. Because I know you'll hear other versions. Because I want you to have a chance to believe mine. Or at least hear it. If you're getting this, it's already over. But if one of you listens, really listens, it won't be for nothing. <laughs>